0: This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to Why Is Everyone Yelling with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay, and I'm just so grateful you are here today. This is a podcast for parents or anybody helping raise kids. And I hope you feel supported, connected, and I hope you feel like you're getting a big hug from myself and my guests on this show every single week. It's never about perfection here. It is about finding the best ways that work for your family and whatever it is you're trying to tackle. There is no one size fits all plan for anybody. And... I just want to tell you right now, you are the best parent for your child, and you're doing a great job. Today, my guest is Arlene Pellicane, and she is so fun. She has three children, they live in San Diego, and she's the author of the book Screen Kids, which she co-authored with Gary Chapman. She's been featured on the Today Show, Wall Street Journal, and she can be found speaking all across the country her mission is for you to find more happiness in your home. And we do talk about screen time quite a bit in this episode. She actually delays giving her kids a phone until college, which sounds wild. And oftentimes in this interview, you'll hear me say, oh, I'm probably a little more in the middle of the road and not quite as intense with the screen time situation as Arlene. But what you will find, I hope, is that there's no one right way. But I hope you will find encouragement to give your kids the opportunity to experience life outside of the screens and the phone. It can be so hard. It can be so hard because oftentimes the screens are so much easier. And this is a daily, and I'm saying daily struggle in my home. So if nothing else, I hope this podcast interview will bring you encouragement and support. Really, I want you to feel supported, not judged. This is your life, your family, your choices. I had so much fun talking to Arlene and I wanna have her back on the show because we just couldn't get to everything I actually wanted to get to. So I think that that will happen again. You can learn more about Arlene when you go to arlenepelicane.com. All right, friends, this podcast episode is supported by Prep Dish. Let me just tell you, dinner time during the week, it's just like a total frenzy here. And when I use Prep Dish to prep my meals on Sunday afternoon, the week is so much simpler. Everything is ready to go. I don't have to chop vegetables on Tuesday because it's already chopped, ready to go ready to make the meal of that day you know prep dish is really budget friendly as well food costs are so high right now and so when you have a plan for the week you actually end up using all your groceries you buy prep dish is aware of rising food costs and regularly incorporates budget-friendly substitutions and tips and subscriber newsletters that's one of the biggest things i find you're not going back to the grocery store for this or that because when you do that you end up buying 10 more things, right? So what happens when you sign up for Prep Dish? You get a weekly email with an organized grocery list and instructions for prepping meals ahead of time. This means dinner time is quick and easy every day. Plus, the meals are always seasonal. This time of year includes plenty of hearty stews and crockpot meals. And if you don't have a lot of time to prep, Prep Dish's super fast meal plans can prep five healthy dinners in just one hour at the beginning of your week. What a time saver. And guess what? Allison, the founder is offering you a free, absolutely free two week trial to check it out. You can't beat that. Check out prepdish.com slash Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y for this amazing deal. Again, that's prepdish.com slash Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y for your first free two weeks. All right, friends, please, please enjoy my conversation with Arlene Pellicane. Well, today on Why Is Everyone Yelling? We have Arlene Pellicane on the show. Welcome to the show, Arlene. Thanks so much for having me, Lindsay. How's it going? You have a child recently moved off to college, don't you?
1: Do Yeah, we have three. We go boy, girl, girl. girls. This is a seismic shift in the home. So he is off to college. But you know what, I'm kind of I'm very spoiled, because he's only two hours away. And we really you know, you apply to all these different schools, you know, that would have been further, but he is only two hours away at Cal Poly Pomona. So I have nothing to complain about. He surprised us for Labor Day weekend by coming home. And then we have a mirror mirror air show here that's phenomenal. And he came up for that. So we saw him for that. So we've already seen him twice. So we are, we are faring pretty well. (laughs) That's pretty amazing. But it is different. You know, he's the only boy. So he left and now it's my husband, myself and two girls. And so, you know, the dynamic has changed, but it's, it's very good. I think what it is, you see that it's the beginning of this releasing process of like, wow, you can see the transition is coming. And what I wanted to do is make it that you really enjoy, you know, being here now. Enjoy having still two girls with us.
0: Yeah. How are you emotionally handling him being gone? The two hours yeah. away is nice. You, it's, yes. It's like we moved to North Carolina from Indiana yeah. last year. And last year alone, we went home like four times. So it it kind of felt like yeah. we moved, but we were still touching so much that yeah. it wasn't real yet. And this year, it feels more real. So I'm sure that that like length of t- lengthening of time will happen for you as well.
1: Yes. Yeah. It hits you at, at strange times. Like I go to a dance fit class at my church and it's in the gymnasium. And so like, we'll be doing like the Zumba kind of moves, you know, in the dance. And then we'll like slow it down for the stretch and the cool down. And then I'll feel like I want to cry because then I'll feel like, this is the gym that my boy used to be like a boy in and then i'd pick him up you know and then now it's like he's a man and he's gone you know so so there are random times where it's like it kind of hits you that wow he is growing up but then you know there are so many different connections that you still have you know whether it's seeing him whether it's like we live on these little tiny texts from him you know (laughs) it's like he'll text like we he plays ultimate frisbee so he'll text something about the game and then you're like oh you know look what Ethan said so it's it's just a different kind of relationship where you know it's you're you're craving this this time with him because you miss that
0: yeah I I'm like my kids are still young but I'm already trying to make peace with like what happens you know like you yeah. already look back
1: like, at baby this is pictures the way it's supposed to go like they're not supposed to like stay in your house forever this is your job you are launching adults like that's your job yeah and have you
0: like do you feel good like do you feel good about that and do you how do you yeah. handle like mourning what's past
1: Yes. And I think to give yourself space to to feel not, you know, to grieve, to be sad, to be like, this part is over. I think those are all good things. And I don't think it's an either or like I have to all be in mourning or I have to all be so happy that he's gone, that those are that's a kind of a false dichotomy that you can be sad that your person is gone because you miss them, but simultaneously be really happy like, wow, like, you know, look at what has happened. You are, you're, you're, you're going to study to be an engineer or whatever your child is interested to do. It's like, how exciting, like your life is, is opening up and beginning and God has provided good roommates. So it's like your roommates aren't crazy. Like you get along, like this is awesome. And you found a sports club you're already interested in and you're working out and having fun. This is great. You know, so there's so many things that you think this is really, really, really good you know you're making good choices you are you're thinking about the right things you're you're wanting good friends like you 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 know what you look for so it's so in that way it's very fulfilling mm-hmm. like you think you're ready mm-hmm. like you're ready for this and and that's kind of what we're trying to do in parenthood is when our kids leave feel like of course we were not perfect but we made them ready like like they were ready yeah
0: i love that we made them ready yeah I, I don't know why that is such a struggle for me, but do you feel like, yeah. you know, even at 39 years old, I still call my uh, mom for like mm-hmm. a million things, right? Like totally. you always call your mom. If you have a mom around, like you're always calling yeah. mom, but do you feel like you kind of graduated a little bit? Like, okay, yeah.
1: next phase here. Well, well with, with, that, <laughs> that kind of comforts me, right? That, you know, you're calling your mom at 39. So yeah. it does show that your adult kids, like as they're teenagers and then they're young adults and then they're adults, they're still in your life. And you're, it's just in a different way. So, I think it's quote unquote easy right now because I still have two thirds of the brood two, home. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. So it's still, like, I still have school drop off. I still have school pickup. We still have meals. We still have coffee dates. We still have activity. You know, so there's. So I think when that last one goes you know that's when it's like wow this is really this big transition but this is kind of the the beginning beginning stages and i think that's great very gracious unless you have triplets like my friend and they all left <laughs> at one time but when they go one at a time it kind of lets you like practice you know practice letting them go and them coming back. And it honestly gives you good things to look forward to because I so look forward to now Thanksgiving, like more than usual, because I think, oh, Ethan's going to be home and he's going to be back around the table. So I think you just have to look for these bright spots in the different, in the different spots of parenting.
0: Yeah, totally. Like right now I'm in the middle where my third is went off to kindergarten, but I still have one more no. in two years that'll go. So like yes. my kindergarten drop off really wasn't quite as sad as like my neighbor who is her last going to kindergarten. <laughs> totally, Because I'm still like, okay, I got to do this one more time.
1: Totally. It's so true. I mean, you are truly like in the golden age, like Mm -hmm. I like those elementary school years and they're little and they're so fun. But I will say, as my kids have grown up, I've really enjoyed them as tweens and as teenagers, even my boy, like all both genders, like I've really enjoyed. So just if you have littles and you're dreading Mm -hmm. the like, holy cow, what's going to happen when they're teenagers, if you are close when they are young, you know what? preschoolers, kindergartners, grade schoolers, you know, and this is my big hobby horse is like if you delay the devices, Mm -hmm. if your kids attach to you, if they run like you do, you know, if they do activity, if they're healthy, if they have other, you know, life in them, then they're going to attach to you. And when they become teenagers, it'll be way more pleasant. But if you kind of open that up, the video games, the social media, all those things during elementary school, then you're going to have a rough ride. I I will say that. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, give you false hope. You're going to have a rough ride in middle school and high school if your kids are already going into that really digitally grounded. And so, yeah, so that's, you know, my book is called Screen Kids with Dr. Gary Chapman. And you can read more about that, like in terms of development and things like that. But I can honestly say having my teenagers has been so easy and fun and good and your, your relationship changes, you become kind of more of a coach or an advisor and you ask questions instead of telling them what to do as they get older to teenagers. But you realize like, these are great people. Like the good stuff is in them and it's gonna come out, it's exciting. But it has to be you as the parent giving that. If they are just, you, you understand, if they're just digesting what their peers are digesting, it's gonna be like, oh, I call it digital candy. And, mm-hmm. like a little bit is okay, but all day long, you cannot be entertained that long and after a while your entertainment right you need more and more and more and more and it's just that's why everyone is yelling as you say everyone is yelling (laughs) because they've had too much digital candy and they're going crazy oh they yell yeah i mean yeah
0: one of my biggest struggles as a parent has honestly been and this is not to say anything negative about my neighbors and people in my life that i love but like when neighbors and friends have lots of screen time in their house. Yeah. And my child goes over there to play and I want him to go over there to play because I want him right. to play with his friend. But then I'm here at home thinking, oh, how long are they on? And then he comes home like yelling because he's like been like entranced. And, you know, there are days where I'm like, okay, I have to get this done. I know he's over there and he's safe. But like, I also know he's been playing yeah. Minecraft for two hours. Yes. Which we don't do at our house, you know? Yep. We do it a little bit, but it's not in big doses and for the most part. And so when they come back, they're just like, you know, crazy. And so it it actually kind of like it makes it challenging as the parent Mm -hmm. to communicate with the other parent because you don't want to constantly feel like you're saying, okay, he can come over, but I only want them on screens for 40 minutes or whatever.
1: Yeah, you bring up such a good point because when you're the host, you can do that. When someone else is the host, you can't presume like, oh, I would like this served at this time. And right. This time. <laughs> and no candy for, for my like child. This. And then after 15 minutes, I would like them to do 45 <laughs> minutes of strength training. Like you can't do that. Right. right. So, so it is kind of this balance of, you know, if you're in a situation where you can throw yourself under the bus and say, I know I am the anal mom. I know I am like the mom who is like so demanding. I know, I totally get it. And this is your house and you can obviously do whatever you want in, in your house. I want the boys to play together. I think that's awesome. But I also want them to like know each other outside of this video game. I want them to like be able to talk to each other and like discover new interests. So maybe, I don't know, maybe like after an hour, let's do an experiment, like send them outside or something, you know, and obviously it's on that mom's going to decide what, what's going to happen because she's going to be the one to be there. But I think just having the conversation, if you throw yourself under the bus, Mm -hmm. I feel like that's an okay thing to do. And then all of us will struggle with this. Like what happens in my house versus what happens in someone else's house. And eventually you'll have to come to this decision, you know, possibly like, okay, is there, do we have to change? And I like to just have a little scale, like just have a check, in terms of social media or video games or YouTube, anything like that, it's, you know, is my child casual, is my child at risk, or is my child addicted? And, you know, a casual person is going to go over to someone else's house, they're going to play Minecraft, they're going to come home, and they're not even going to talk about it. I mean, they might say like, oh, that was fun, but they're not going to all day long be like, oh, can we get that? Like, why do they play that, but we don't play that? How come, maybe they do that once or twice, but then they drop it and the week goes by, no problem. So then you're kind of like, Okay, that's working. But the at risk child is going to be like not only the day that they went to play, but the next day and the next day and the next day. Hey, you know, mom, like, I really want that game. I really want that game. Why can't we get that game? Can you get that game for me at Christmas? And it's just this constant thing on their mind. Then, you know, like, if I get that game, that's going to be a little bit of a problem for this child. And then, of course, addiction, it's the idea that other areas in your child's life start to slide because they want this thing so much. Mm -hmm. So they used to love sports, but now they're like, oh, no, I don't play soccer anymore. I just play Minecraft. Or they used to be really social, like talking to kids and outgoing. And now you realize they don't talk that much. They just like go in their room and play. Or you see that they're like angry if they don't get it. You know, like if they don't have it every day a little bit, they get angry at you. So all these things you think. Wait a minute. And I love um, Dr. Andrew Humberman out of Stanford. He talks about addiction as like the narrowing of what brings you pleasure. Mm -hmm. And when your kids are children, you want them to get pleasure in like the butterfly flying and like the really cute movie or, you know, playing dress up or building something. You want them to find pleasure in all of these different things. But I think all of us can attest that we've seen it either for ourselves or in our friends' lives, that once they really get into the video gaming, that's the only thing that brings them pleasure. And when you suggest, let's go fishing, let's go sailing, let's go for a run, no, I don't want to do that. That's boring because it doesn't give the same dopamine hit that that video game gives. And so as parents, whether if you're listening and if you have young kids then you really can be very proactive to say, my kid's going to like a lot of things yeah, yeah and they're not going to only like video games. So once I see them at risk or addicted, then I'm going to have to say, I'm sorry, you can't go to so-and-so's house for a month. You know, we got to just kind of clear your brain and, and let's see if we can get a hold of this. So we have to be that proactive, I believe, because it's so easy to, to go the other way. Right. It's so it's just too easy it's to be easy. like, oh, use the device. It's so easy. So it's you can do something about it. So I want to give you that encouragement. I don't want you to listen to this and feel like, oh no, like I'm toast. Like, what am I gonna do? But you know, you're the parent and you can do something about this. And just you're constantly assessing. It's not like you're just gonna do this once and then it's over. You know, it's like every month, every week you're saying, Okay, is my kid casual? Is my kid at risk? Is my kid addicted? And it's my job to do something. And the sooner you step in to intervene, the easier it'll be for you. But if, you know, if you have a teenager, it's not too late. You still can do it. They're living in your house. Yeah,
0: it is is a challenge. And I do feel like oftentimes, I feel like I'm kind of in the middle. Like I'm I'm probably not as stringent about it as you were with your kids. But I'm not, you know, we don't, they don't have iPads or anything like that. I actually lost my mind during COVID when the school sent them home with computers because I was like, oh, my kids have never had computers, you know. So now there's this device around the clock that I have to say when you're done with school because you know what? They can get on YouTube on their school computers.
1: And You can feel the difference, can't you? Oh, yeah. Like what they were like before that happened and what they were like after that happened.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting to see my different kids respond differently, like my oldest, and this could be that he had access to less younger. He will be on for a half an hour or so, and he'll go outside and start kicking the soccer ball because he loves soccer. And so he can kind of self-regulate better. Mm -hmm. And I honestly don't know if that's from what we did earlier, maybe. Yeah. Um, but we were on a walk the other day. It was like, after school, a little after school before dinner. And I had to yank a couple of my kids from the neighbors who were playing video games to make them go on this walk. My oldest son was at soccer. And then my uh, middle two were at the neighbors and we had the younger one. we were like, we're going to get all three of them to go for this walk before we, you know, go pick up Marshall from soccer. Yeah. And on the walk, it was like people were fighting, people were complaining and we just looked at each other like, this would be so much easier if we yeah. just let them stay inside and do that until right. dinner or bedtime. But mm-hmm. we know, we know right. the walk was worth it. Even if we didn't yeah. look like the most pleasant, happy family. Right? Yes. And I always struggle with that. I always yeah. think people are like, they look like chaos. They look like so <laughs> wild. And, but I'm like,
1: We're putting our outside time in. We're getting it done. Exactly. Look wild. It is a good thing. It's totally fine. Be chaotic, be wild, do it. Because what are they doing? They're, they're changing the channel in their mind. So all the brain, like, you know, our children's brains, they're developing. And if all, every single road goes to the same place, every single road ends in a tablet or a console or a phone. It's like, what a boring life. I mean, they may feel like, oh, this is great. And for a parent, it feels like, well, at least, you know, they're not nagging me, they're not fighting, they're not complaining. I can see them like I know where they are. So I get it like there are a lot of benefits like, you know, but when you pull this out long term, right, mm-hmm. seriously, like that is kind of frightening that you think, wait a minute, but as an adult, someday, what kind of like employee or boss are you going to be if this is your only pathway to that this is the only thing you know about. What kind of friend are you going to be? What kind of spouse or mom or dad are you going to be? And then you start. What kind of citizen are you going to be? How easily manipulated are you going to be? Like, and then you start realizing, like, wait a minute, there's a whole lot more to life. And I think this is the joy of like bringing grandparents in because they can come in and be like, oh no no no, <laughs> like we're we got to go do something because we need some skills. We yeah. gotta have some skills here besides gaming and complaining. You know, that's not fun. It's not fun for anybody.
0: Hey, everybody. A quick break here to thank Punk Post for supporting Why Is Everyone Yelling Podcast. Listen, this is the most amazing way to send an encouraging letter or note to anybody in your life. And they're so, so cute. What you do is you just go to their website, punkpost.com, and you write whatever message you want. Pick your card design. And they have artists who actually handwrite your cards and they doodle and make them look super personable and fun. I have been sending these to friends who've had babies, send them to athletes that I coach who completed their marathons, and I just sent a congratulations one to one of the teachers at my kids' old school who accepted a new position, and she just really meant a lot to our family when we moved here, so I thought. Oh my gosh, I'm going to send her a punk post card. It's so easy for you too because you don't have to address anything, put the stamp on, take it to a mailbox, nothing like that. You just fill it all out and then they do the work. And it's reasonably priced. It's like 7 $8 to send a really fantastic card. And I know the cards in stores that are cute and fun are usually $5. These are way more personable and fun though. Go to punkpost.com and you can save $3 when you use the code L-I-N-D-S-E-Y number three. So Lindsay three, go send someone some love today. Make someone feel like they're getting hugged with some snail mail. Punkpost.com. Use the code Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y and the number three to save $3. Then your card's only four bucks. All right, friends. Enjoy the rest of my conversation with Arlene. Have you noticed a difference with your son and your daughters as far as like video games, social media, and what they ask for? I know that, you know, for those listening, I know you didn't give your kids phones until Mm -hmm. your son went off to college. That's right. Your girls (laughs) still don't have them.
1: Our girls still don't have one. So what we kind of were doing research about this and we were seeing things and it's just like, okay, and you can see it anecdotally in the families around you. So from a very young age, we told them like, you're not going to have phones you're not going to play video games at home and you're not going to have social media until maybe your senior year in high school. So that's kind of what has always, they've always known that from the time they were in elementary school. And I talk on this issue and my kids like come and they're at my book table, you know, so they kind of get it. Yeah. And they also know they're loved. I have, you know, it's very important. Like your kids have to know they're loved and you have to have an interesting life. You can't pull this off and have a boring life. Like you have to know your kids' interests. You have to, you know, Explore those interests, sports, music, reading, whatever, et cetera. So you have to have a full life. You can't just sit at home, do nothing, and then think like, Oh yeah, this screen thing's gonna take you. So you get it. So in that kind of atmosphere, when you say these are the rules, so I know your listeners will probably be like, She is she is blown smoke, she's not down the <laughs> But they never asked like can I get a phone why can't we play video games why can't you have social media because a they always knew the answer was no so Mm -hmm. I might sound like really strict but my husband's even more passionate than I am he's even so we are on the same page on this I'm the lenient one I'm the one that's like hey let's watch movies for four hours it's Saturday yeah my husband would be like get outside right now the sun is shining how could you people be indoors so that's my husband Uh uh-huh so so, i feel like movies are free passes too by the way (laughs) yeah exactly exactly so you know we come from that so for my kids it was not it wasn't they an issue and in fact they're at the point so i have a junior girl so my my son would have he he would say to you and i have this movie called screen kids in their own words where they say it a little documentary you can watch and you can you know look at it for free your donation doesn't matter but he would say people were always like, how do you function without a phone? Or how do you function without video games? Or how do you function, like how does that work? And he always thought that was so interesting because he was like, from a young age, how do you function not knowing who Winston Churchill is? <laughs> because yeah. like, he was like in like fifth and sixth grade. He was really into World War II. He was reading like these huge volumes of books of Winston Church. It was hilarious. And, and it's like, he's thinking like, how do you not know how to play the piano? How do you not know jujitsu? How do you not know how to go on a camping trip with just a backpack on your back? You know, like he's just like, how do you not get this? So he he sees it like in this different way. And I think once your kids see that, And, you know, they see things like, what was that one called? It's just not on my social um, dilemma. Thank you. When they see things like social dilemma and they understand, wait a minute, we're being like duped. Like, yeah, like like this is made to addict us. It's made to have our attention. Once they kind of understand. And if you have a free spirit, like my daughter's a free spirit, like, "Mm mm-mm. Like, you're not going to manipulate me. I'm going to make up my mm-hmm. own mind, you know? Mm-hmm. So once they see that and and they taste that, then they they really can understand, okay, you know what? It probably was best. And so my daughter, she, let you know, for hobbies, tennis, et cetera, she had asked a while ago, probably before her junior year, you know, I'm kind of. I I really would like to have Instagram, mom, so that I could, like, you know, catch up on these people and, like, you know, and it wasn't so much to stay in touch with friends. She wanted to, like, follow people that she was interested in. Yeah. So I said, you know what? Why don't you use my phone to follow the people and then we'll kind of go from there and we'll talk about it again. So we, so she did that. And then just recently we had this talk, like, are you still wanting it? Like, I'm the one who asked her, like, are you still wanting it? And she goes, yeah, I would want it, mom, but I can totally see that it would really be a waste of time. Mm. So I'm really. Really glad I don't have it and I wouldn't. So I even think she wouldn't choose to have it, even if we let her have it. You know, she's a junior in big high school. You know, it's not like we're like under a rock or something. We live in San Diego. You yeah. Know, a class of, you know, her school is whatever, maybe 2,000 people. So, you know, she she she's doing great and she has real friends. And that's the thing. People will think, oh, if we don't give them these things they won't be able to connect to their friends. I think that's a huge reason of why we're like, everyone's online, so our kids should be online too, because that's how they're gonna find friends. But what we don't realize is that's not what friendship looks like. Mm -hmm. So friendship, you know, whether it's a girl on social media and they're and it's basically just kind of showing off, right? You're yeah. Just showing off. And friendship isn't like that, you know. So there's no listening, there's no real connection. So all those things. So I think you really have to choose and see for yourself, this is a battle worth fighting.
0: You know, one of one of my two big things with like no social media and things like that. My oldest yeah. is still ten, so we're still way ahead of yeah. like them asking for that yet.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um.
0: Maybe because I have boys. Maybe if I had a ten year old girl, she'd be asking. Yeah. I'm not sure. Um. But is the independence? Mm-hmm. So like, I want to be able to say like, you're going to go play in the neighborhood, and mm-hmm. you figure out when it's seven thirty that's when you need to be home. You don't need to have a phone to look at. You can walk, whoever's friend's house you're at, you can like walk inside and look at their clock or you can wear a watch. Like you don't need a phone to be home at 7.30. Or like if I'm picking you up somewhere and I know there's like risk involved in this. People want to be able to get in touch with their kids at all times. And I do, I'm a pretty free range parent. Like I do let my kids kind of wander around. Like if I say, I'll pick you up from soccer or whatever, Right. And I'm going to be 10 minutes late, just know that. Yeah. And it's okay. Like, I don't know. I just think that there's this like yes. lack of independence with totally. the like constant connection to being able to get in touch,
1: right? 100% and what you're describing is a self-reliance. It's a responsibility. You know, obviously People in generations before us, right? By the time they were our kids' ages, they're like running the farm. They're like yeah. doing all this stuff. Like they know how to do stuff. So to think that, okay, my child doesn't know on their own how to get home by, and yeah, of course they do. Figure it out. So they, exactly. So I think because kids aren't, like instead of figuring things out, Kids just use their phone and say, like, mom, dad, please rescue me. I'm in this situation. Come help me. And they just stand there. Like, they don't even know what to do. They just stand there. So I think it's super important. That's actually a reason not to have the phone so they can think for themselves, so they can problem solve, that they can realize, oh, I don't, I'm half an hour early and my ride isn't here yet. What should I do? <laughs> hmm. I could sit on this curb in a safe place, you know, with the people around me and I could read my book until yeah. the person comes or I could meet a friend or meet a new person. Like those are really good skills instead of like, I'll, I'll think so much of the time of like some teenagers, like I'll meet them, let's say for coffee. And so, and of course they'll need to have their phone, you know, like a friend, like, you know, like I'm meeting a, a friend's daughter that, yeah. that I know and we're meeting for coffee and she will literally sit in the car. You know, until she gets the text, like I am here, and I'm thinking to myself, just like walk out of the car, yeah, and and sit at the coffee place, and I will walk in, and we will see each other. You know, so things that that are just these normal problem solving skills, that's very anemic because the phone solves it all, and then they're going to get. That's why I believe when they go to college and all these different places, that's where you get the snowflake. That's where you get the, like, I don't know what to do because my parent has been over involved in my life.
0: Yeah. I mean, over involved over and over again. I mean, there was a time this summer where I left because you can 10 seems young. I know, but they let us leave the 10 year old at yeah. the pool and mm-hmm. he's a very strong swimmer. Their lifeguards. Yeah. And, I, one of the boys there had an Apple watch. And so I was like, okay, well, if, as I left, I was like, if you need anything, just have him, you know, let his mom know and she can text me. But as I left, I left kind of thinking like, I didn't even need to say that. Like, yeah, if he really needed something, he could figure out like going to the snack shack, asking the lifeguard in there, if he could call me because he has my phone, he knows my phone number. Totally. Yeah. You know, so it's just little things like that where we. Yes. We give them opportunities to be self-reliant and almost like over-communicating, right, too? I know yeah. that's separate from the technology and thing.
1: Is, and that's our control, right? We want to be in control. So part of that, like we talked earlier today about my son going to college. So the tighter your control is while they're at home, I think, then the harder that releasing is going to be. But if at home, you know, you have been like trying to release, trying to release, trying and it's basically the idea of not doing for your child what they can do for themselves. yeah like obviously you're there to guide them and to help them and to nurture them and to love them. But when they can do their own laundry, they do their own laundry. And when they can pack their own lunch, they pack their own lunch. Now I have an eighth grader. She's our baby. And she asked me yesterday, can you make me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich tomorrow morning? (laughs) And I was like, and we just were on fall break. We're year round. So it's our first day back to school after two weeks. And I said, Lucy, you are fully capable of making your own peanut butter and jelly sandwich, Lucy. And she's like, I know, mom, that I know I'll be sleepy tomorrow because, you know, they haven't been waking up. Can you? I'm like, okay, Lucy, for this opening day, I will make you a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. You know, but it's the idea that, wait a minute, that is your responsibility. You are in eighth grade. Like you can make a sandwich. Yeah. (laughs) But obviously we're there to support and to help.
0: I resonate with that because there are moments where I'm like, yeah, I'll make you a peanut butter sandwich. That's fine. But then there are moments (laughs) where I'm like really busy and I'm like packing the brother's lunches and trying to get the house picked up for the day and I'm like no no no. you can make your peanut yeah. butter you
1: <laughs> like right now own. you
0: can do that <laughs> right. um the other piece I was gonna say it's the independence and then just like you were saying like the the young woman sitting in the car waiting for you and I know modeling this is important and I really struggle with this is Letting yourself just be like, if I'm standing in line at Starbucks, what am I doing? I'm getting my phone out because I'm, I'm uncomfortable just standing there. And I know we need to model that to our kids, but that's the other thing that I was thinking when they're sitting there waiting for you to pick them up from wherever they are. The fact that they don't have that device to look down at, to kill their 10 minutes, like, so they can know what being bored is, you know? And kids don't know what being bored is anymore. They literally don't know what to do with that.
1: And your brain actually needs that quiet to kind of catalog what has happened. Mm -hmm. It's like Mm -hmm. putting all the stuff away. Like here they've been at school and they may be, whether it's something the teacher said or something a friend said or something that happened, all that quiet, that's really restoring. It's good for us, you know, and, and as adults to even have like, let's say we have a, jam packed day at work and we're about to go into the house and maybe if we just took five minutes, I've heard of people who do this, I don't do this, but I've heard of people and I think it's a good idea that if they're super, you know, still stressed and a lot, they'll just stop, you know, pull over five minutes, think, calm themselves down before coming home. And I think our brains, they need that. So whenever your kids do have that silence, so you don't have to feel like you constantly have to put noise in front of them. Like that silence is a good thing. Dr. Gary Chapman, who wrote this book, Screen Kids with me, he said there's a place for a kid and a bucket of water and a stick and nothing to do but (laughs) just roll that water around. You know, it's like kids need that calm as well. I oftentimes wonder, my husband works from
0: home now, but I'm like,
1: you know, back in the day, how
0: many laps around the neighborhood did you do before you like pulled into the driveway? (laughs) When I'm like, When are you gonna be here? Um The book Screen Kids that you wrote with Dr. Gary Chapman, can you just give us a little bit of like, why did you want to write that book and what is the heart of
1: that book? Yeah, it's a lot of what you're saying is we're seeing that screens obviously are just a part of life now. It's not even a question of like, oh, it's like, oh, it's a here. <laughs> They're everywhere. Everybody's got a screen. And it's not just mom and dad who have a screen. The littles have screens and the teenagers have screens. And I think what we're, what I was seeing is, wait a minute, it's like the screens are supposed to bring us together. Like that's why we buy the screen because we think, oh, we're going to connect with our child. We're gonna watch a movie together, whatever. But in reality, they're like these little silos that everyone's at home and dad's watching sports, mom's doing something, teenagers doing something, elementary school kids doing something, preschoolers doing something, and everyone's on their own personal device because everyone has different tastes. Mm-hmm. And so what's how is this happening? like what what are we missing then? You know, what kind of family bonding are we missing because of that? And that is very concerning to me. And so that's why we wanted to write this book Screen Kids, and we basically talk about what does the screen time do with your child's brain. How does it affect them emotionally? And we talk about the five A plus skills that, you know, you think of the A's, you know, the, the school A's and those are great, but the A plus skills of, is your child affectionate? Do they know how to give and receive love? Can your child pay attention? You know, are they able to sit still? Are they able to listen to their teacher without any problems? Can they apologize? Do they know how to take responsibility? Like, man, that's on me. I'm sorry. Or are they just gonna like ghost you and just be like, pretend it didn't happen, you know? So the appreciation is is gratitude, really. So the screens teach, I can have anything I want. You know, I have choice. You know, it's no longer the three channels of my grandma's era. It's anything I wanna watch and I can watch it nonstop on demand. So mm-hmm. it's, so you go through life like that. Like, why can't I have what I want right away? And why aren't there 10 choices of that? So it teaches a kid to really want more than is feasible. There's no delayed gratification for anything. No delayed gratification. So that a skill of appreciation to be like, thank you. Like to appreciate something, a lot of that comes in the absence of screens, being able to wait for screens. If they're asking for that special thing as a gift, birthday gift, Christmas gift, whatever that you're like, you know, maybe next year, like it doesn't have to be right away that they get that. Um, And then the last A plus skill is anger management. Your kid's going to get mad, but do they know what to do with it? Do they know what's good anger? Like there really was a, a justice and what's bad anger. I just didn't get what I wanted and I really want, you know pizza instead of what you're serving me you know so for them to to work through those things so we really want to help families to get these a plus skills because if they have those skills moving forward in their life that's going to be a lot better for them and then of course there's a part in the book about what are we doing because as you said it's the modeling like if they constantly look at us And we every time they see us, if we're looking down at our phone and our heads in our phone, Mm -hmm. they're going to get the message like, oh, I'm not as important as what's happening here. But, you know, if that happens once or twice, you know, you're doing something. No big deal. This is fine. But if consistently your kids look at you and you're on your phone then that's communicating to them, hey, you're not that important to me or this is more important. They surveyed 6,000 kids from around the world and over half of them said, my parents' worst habit is looking down at their phone. Mm. And 36% of them said, my parents' worst habit is we are talking and they... Get interrupted by a phone and they look at the phone instead of me, and I'm talking to them. So, we as parents, we have to realize wait a minute, I've got to pivot away from my device, always give eye contact to my children. If I'm in the middle of something, I say, Oh, child of mine, I look them in the eye, let me finish this and let me get back to you. And then you really have to finish it <laughs> and get back to them.
0: Yeah. And it's not about making anybody feel guilty, it's about yeah. like we can do better. Yes. Like we can. Yes,
1: we can. And we need
0: those reminders. Yeah.
1: And honestly, if you will do the work at first, it's going to be like, if you take a principle, like, okay, we're going to have a screen for your mealtime. We're going to put the phones away. So you say, that's going to be my, my action step from listening to this podcast. So the first couple of days, you're going to be like, this is really hard. Like everybody's fighting. Like people are like wanting to grab it or, you know, we're just not used to it. Or it's kind of, awkward around the dinner table because people don't know what to do. So you're going to fight through that. But then after a week, you're going to be like, okay, we can do this. And after two weeks, you're going to be like, this is our new normal. And after three weeks, you're like, I had no idea that you were so funny, child of mine. <laughs> <You know>? so, <laughs> so these are things that they're hard at first to implement. But once you do them, they make your life a lot easier.
0: Um, what age would you suggest kids watching The Social Dilemma?
1: That's a good question. I think it depends on your child, like what their maturity level is, what will they understand? You know, for some, honestly, for some kids who are just raised on these short things, they're going to be bored tears because they're yeah. going to be like, this man is still talking, even <laughs> though he's only talking for three minutes or something. So it's going to kind of depend on your child. But I think upper elementary would be would be something. And, you know, you as a parent can watch it first and, you know, your kids and it'll be really good for you to watch. Um,
0: okay, so from Screen Kids and the yeah. books that you've written and the research you've done, if you could leave people with like one message from that yeah. stuff, what
1: would it be? Delay a personal device for your child. Because once they have the device and it's theirs, quote unquote, theirs, even though you pay for it, then they'll be like, no, that's mine. And then totally. all of a sudden It's like their constant companion. So the beauty of the TV of old was it's a huge TV that you're not going to put on your in your pocket and walk around with, you know, it's just one place and that was beautiful. So by design, make it a little bit more challenging for your kids to access screens, and then the opposite of that is putting it in their pocket. So delay that if you're thinking of giving them a tablet, if you're thinking about giving them a phone, just wait one more year. Think about it again and then just wait one more year. Think about it again. And you know what?
0: Like be the weird mom. Like it's yeah, fine.
1: It's, it's really great. Fine. Yeah.
0: Like and sometimes these little inconveniences of yeah. waiting longer or going on the walk or whatever. Yeah. It feels hard in the moment to say no or whatever, but like, you know, and I, my oldest is 10. So, you yeah. know, talk to me in two years cause it's going to start yeah. getting harder for me, but be strong. Lindsay be strong. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just think that it's okay to be the weird mom. Sometimes I even yeah. feel like people look at me like, Oh, she's anal about screens and stuff like that. And I'm probably like half as stringent as you. So
1: like, you know. (laughs) You can tell them there are more anal people in the world listen to this podcast. And and that's okay. Yeah, Yeah,
0: like I'm okay with being that mom. (laughs) Um, All right, Arlene, what is, what's something professionally or personally that you would like to do that you haven't done yet in your life?
1: I have never been to Paris. Mm. I would like to go to Paris. I hear it's lovely.
0: (laughs) Amazing. My, um, we have a thing now where, when our kids turn 10 I have all boys and yeah. they go on a trip with dad and so, yeah, so our cool. 10-year-old they just went to New York City and um yeah. my second my third He's still yeah. five. He's like, I want to go to Paris for my 10 year old trip. Oh, and I, hilarious. <laughs> I said, OK, so if funny. that's your 10 year old trip, that's going to be like our big family trip. Just so you know, <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're all going <laughs> with you. We're all going with you. You guys can have one night by yourselves. Yeah. I'm worried they're going to be there. Totally. Um, OK, what is the best, most recent book you've read? You know, I am reading a book called The Prayer Code. It's by O.S. Hawkins, and it gives like a short prayer, and it just is helpful. Sometimes I'll read it with the girls, too, and it's just helpful to know you're not alone. <laughs> it's like God is with you. You know, one of the principles is ask, seek, knock. And so we'll talk to the, the girls and myself about, you know, if you need help, you need to ask for it you need to seek it out and you got to you got to do that because otherwise you're you're not going to get it and so it's been good to hear the girls like at school if they don't understand something be like you need to just go to your teacher and ask them that's Mm -hmm. what they're there for to help you you know and so many kids don't do it because they don't want to interact with that teacher you know it's like intimidating so i think it's it's been really helpful yeah
0: ask seek knock
1: Ask, seek, knock is just a principle. It's a prayer. oh, it's a prayer. Like ask and then seek and then knock. So just keep going, right? Mm-hmm. so it's it's like, ask, seek, knock. And the door will be open to you. It's like, ask and it shall be given. Seek and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. So it's a um a prayer in the Gospels in the New Testament. and it's just that idea of of seeking. And when you seek God, you will find him,
0: um okay. Two more questions. Do you have a kid's
1: book you recommend? There is this book that my girls will even remember. It's called The Seven Habits of Happy Kids. Okay. The Seven Habits of Happy Kids. I think your boys might like it. It's by Sean Covey. So his dad, Stephen Covey, wrote like The Seven Habits of mm-hmm. Highly Effective People way back when. So this Seven Habits of Happy Kids takes the same habits like that are good for life and turns them into kids' stories. And it's super cute. It's a really cute book. So set, that The book. Seven Habits of Happy Kids.
0: I think I've heard of that one.
1: Yeah, it's cute.
0: I lied. Two more questions. Do you have a fun a uh, trip or adventure or place you've taken your family
1: that you recommend going to? We have many of those things. I'm gonna say two things. One, we went to Albuquerque one year to see the hot air balloon festival, and that was super fun. I mean, it's very visual. Ama- you know, all you picture people go crazy because all these hot air balloons everywhere. So the Albuquerque, um, that balloon festival. And then the other is more like an experience. So my daughter, who the the junior. So we she's my coffee drinker, so that my boy doesn't drink coffee. And she and I, so we go we go on coffee dates. So what we'll do is we'll pick a book. It's kind of my way to bribe her to read books. So we'll pick a book that we want to read and then we'll go on the coffee date, and you have to read a chapter before the coffee date, and then we talk about it. Oh, I love that. And so that's been super fun. So it's a good way to read, justify your coffee. Have like special time with your daughter. And I think sometimes, you know, we'll take our kids to something and then years later we'll be like, do you remember being at such and such place? And they'll be like, no, we <laughs> like, don't remember that. I dumped a lot of money to that. You remember? <laughs> but I feel like with this, this coffee date rhythm, like she will remember, mm-hmm. you know, like growing up when she's grown, she'll remember like, oh, my mom, she would take me to coffee and read read books. So, so sometimes maybe it's not like a one-time thing, but it's like your thing, like your little thing that you do individually with a child. How often do you do it? Not that often. So don't worry. So I know it's like, okay, I have four children. How (laughs) often you you have four children? I have three children. So probably, so we were just on fall break, which was two weeks and we did a staycation. Okay. So we went like, I want to say like nine times. We went a lot. Like it was like our daily Uh little thing. So it was like super fun. And we went to all coffee places that we'd never been before in San Diego. And then on a normal basis, I think once a month. Okay. And then we'd want to get after this little dose, you know, Noelle's like, we should do this more often, you know, so maybe (laughs) we'll try to get up to two times a month, you know, but nothing crazy. And what was the most recent book you read with her? We're reading a book called Live Not By Lies. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's kind of, it's about like communism and what people from communist countries, what they say.
0: Do, yeah, you books, do you pick the books? Live By Lies. I she, pick the books.
1: I okay. do. So I'm paying for the coffee. I pick okay, the Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm paying <laughs> for your $5 latte. <laughs> yeah, she's an avid reader. So she reads all her own books. So it's like, no, you got to read my book when we go to coffee. Did you finish that book? Um, I finished Live Not By Lies. And she, I had read it already. And then I was like, oh, I really want her to read it. And we're like, you know, maybe f- two thirds of the way through. You recommend? I do.
0: Okay. Live yeah. Not By Lies. I got live it. Live Not By Lies. And then the last question, I know I already asked you, what's your message with screen kids, but just your overall message. What is your last message to leave with our audience today?
1: Yeah. Just that if you are privileged enough to be in a family, enjoy it, Mm. you know, don't bemoan it. Don't complain about it. Oh, my daughter does this. My son does this. My husband does this. (laughs) You know, I think we all, you know, to realize what we have is really a gift and a blessing. And if you're blessed to have children, enjoy them. Don't, don't, Think they're a burden, you know. Obviously, I get it. <laughs> it can be hard, but but approach this with gratitude. Like, how awesome that I have kids, you know. So if you've got kids that are gone, then you're like, well, so great that I had them. And if you have kids that are there and you wish they were gone, then you still <laughs> say to yourself, thank God I have them now because someday they'll be gone. Yeah. But approach this with gratitude, and you really can get better at it. You you can you don't have to be stuck like in the same way you learn anything. You can learn how to be a better wife, a better mom. Thank you, Arlene. Thank you, Lindsay. It's been so much fun.
0: Hey, friends. Thanks for being here today. Thank you, Arlene, for coming on the podcast. I am so thankful for the work that you're doing and really loved talking with you. You all can find Arlene on Instagram. She is Arlene Pellicane over there. You can also find her website and learn more about her books and speaking engagements when you go to ArlenePellicane.com. You can learn more about this podcast at sandyboyproductions.com. Sign up for our newsletter so you get the show notes delivered to you every single week when you just click on the Why Is Everyone Yelling tab on the Sandy Boy website. You can find me personally, Lindsay Hine 626 on Instagram. I am at Hine on Twitter. This podcast is Why Is Everyone Yelling on Instagram. We'd love to connect with you there or in our Facebook group. If you love this content, if you love this podcast, please leave us a quick reading and review on iTunes or Spotify. That is one of the best way potential new listeners can find us. And if you enjoyed this conversation with Arlene, go hit her up on Instagram or send her an email. Let her know that you appreciated the conversation. That always feels so good to our guests. Thank you so much for being here. Have a really great rest of your day. And I will see you next week on Why Is Everyone Yelling?